This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Captain Emil Dobrovolsky and Octavian Pontish. They are the authors of Dark Cockpit, How to Communicate, Lead, and Be in Control at All Times Like an Airline Captain. It's great to have you both with us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for the invitation. Likewise. So congratulations on the book. Uh, A very unique spin. Thank you for um, the attire, the background, the whole look of your shot. It's terrific. Very unique. Uh, Tell us how the book came about. Well, um, we are friends, maybe since the last, for the last 10 years, we are friends and partners in different uh, enterprises. And uh, for the last eight years or so, I was giving speeches in front of different audiences and uh, talking about my job and uh, about my craft. And uh, Octavian came to me once and said, why are you not writing a book? And I uh, thought for a second, I said, why we are not both writing the book together? Because Octavian uh, is the author of another bestseller book uh, in Romania. So we did it together. Um, Emil, I'm, I'm curious, when Octavian came to you and said, hey, let, let's make a book about you know, your speeches and apply it to kind of the real world outside of aviation, what was your reaction and how did that process go? I have this... Um, I was, I'm a passionate reader, first of all. So I read about two or three books a week. So um, I'm, uh, I'm interested in this kind of books, you know, leadership books or books uh, teaching you communic- how to communicate better because I use those uh, informations to train my pilots. It's very important when, before you go in the full fly simulator with a crew that you brief them uh, well, truly, uh, not about just the technicality of the, the session or the, the, about the syllabus of the full fly simulator session, but also make them understand what's behind each uh, procedure, how the procedure was designed, and things like this that, that are more, uh, more about uh, a non-technical skill we are trying to develop in pilots. And I think this is a universal, uh, it's a, it's in, not just for our the professional acting in aviation, but uh, it's good for any other professional acting in uh, in his profession or his craft or her craft. So um, the most important thing we try to develop in uh, in a professional pilot it's the non technical skill. It's about the attitude. It's about how to communicate well, how to build a decision. Uh, how to uh, enhance the situation awareness. So these kind of uh, non-technical skills are the one that I'm, int- I'm more interested in because the rest of the skills that, that are required for a professional, the knowledge level, you can improve by reading more or by training more. 
the skill for a professional can also enhance by repetition. But the most important, and we when we hire or when we upgrade the pilots from co-pilot position to commander position, the, the one we are most uh, interested in is the non-technical skill. So in the book, uh, with help of Octavian, because he has the eye of seeing um, the meaning behind lots of things we are doing sometimes mechanically. So uh, together we we put this. Um, a book, first of all, as um, well, the format of the book, we imagine it uh, just the chapters. And then I wrote all the stories because, because all the stories in the book are my stories, happen to me, or sometimes uh, it's a world, let's say, a well known event in aviation. And then we start um, sending to each other the chapter. He took the chapter from me and uh, developed it, uh, sent it back to me. So at the end, when we finish this ping pong of, uh, of emails, we finish and refine a chapter and we were both uh, happy with it. We put it aside and start the next chapter. Now, I did want to mention the title, um, Dark Cockpit. It definitely grabs you. And for me, I was um, pleasantly surprised because it's in fact the opposite of what you think it means. So can you tell everybody what a, a dark cockpit is? Actually, we had two options for uh, the book title, well, but the first, the first and the strongest uh, we thought will be dark cockpit. Dark cockpit actually it's a aviation term, meaning that uh, in your cockpit, everything uh, it's uh, uh, the cockpit itself is dark. You have only the environmental lights lit and the rest all the alerts or the red lights or the warning lights the caution amber lights are uh, not uh, lit meaning that just looking over your overhead panel or looking on your cockpit but it's it uh, in terms of our book the the cockpit is generic uh, it's about maybe uh, the cockpit uh, you have at home maybe the cockpit you have in your partnership maybe the cockpit you have in your business so just having a short look and a glimpse on your a glimpse in your cockpit, you realize if you have uh, an alert on or your systems is off, or when you are using too much power, you have a blue light on. And we know that the, the dark cockpit sounds uh, uh, mysterious and some may, might be negative meaning, but actually it's not. So we consider it a, it's like an attention trigger. I mean, that's what that was, that's what struck me because as you just mentioned, just to, to add to that, when you have a dark cockpit, picture it in, you know, in an, or on an airplane, it means everything is running smoothly. And like you said, because there's no warning lights, it's dark because there's no red warning lights or, you know, check engine light or the lights are off because everything is the way it should be. So that, that's what I found was interesting. I said, oh, why would we want a dark cockpit? But in life, you do want a dark cockpit because yeah. that means everything is, is how it should be. And I, in the book, I, I like Octavian, you phrase it, at work, how dark is your cockpit? Kind of the darker, the better, right? Yeah, well, yes, uh, especially uh, in the times we live in today, uh, people are overwhelmed and it's very easy to be overwhelmed with all the stress, with the remote working. And if you're a leader, then you have people who are uncertain about what's going to happen to them from a health point of view, but also from work point of view. So it's easy to uh, see a ton of lights going on. How is that doing? How is that doing? So um, this is one of the reasons why I was fascinated with the 
with this expression uh, myself when we first discovered it. I said, hey, this has to be the title of the book because it has a certain uh, uh, unicity or, or uniqueness in how it sounds, but it's very true. So what should a leader do then? Well, a leader should communicate with his or her people, should be sure to let everyone know how things are in such a way that I'm able to run the team as big as the team may be um, productively and without being distracted, without being distracted too much. Uh, also, if I may comment to add something that Emil said earlier about a captain, b captains build their decisions. Now, this may sound a little uh, strange how it sounds, but that exactly that's exactly what what happens. And uh, it's the question. It was fascinating to me that if a plane has some trouble at landing, for instance, maybe there's a fire in the engine or something, uh, then obviously a hundred things need to be done right after that before evacuation everything. How many of those are in the direct responsibility of the captain to require him or her to push the buttons? None, none. The captain's role is to notice what's going on. The co-pilot is very busy. The flight crew back in the cabin are very busy checking, smoking. What, do, what does the captain do? Well, the captain assesses everything and takes into account all the information from the tower, from what they can see on the wind. And then this is what the meaning of they build their decision. Now, in contrast, what do some entrepreneurs do? What do some people do? They rush into things. And maybe it happened to all of us. Hey, this seems the right thing to do. Let's do it now. We do it. And then we discover, oh, my God, it was not the right thing to do. And we go back. So the invitation is, hey, take a little time. Take a br breathe a little bit and uh, analyze all the decisions. Because most likely you'll arrive at a better one than if you just rush into it. Yeah, it's uh, exactly this, uh, this uh, scenario when you, when you have an emergency evacuation is the moment when the captain takes into consideration all the, all the factors. And when the, he makes or her, when she makes the decision to evacuate, she knows, they know, the captain knows exactly uh, what are the, the, let's say, the environmental uh, changes. Uh, where is the smoke going? Uh, uh, what do we have in the cargo hold? So taking just with, it, it's, a, it's a physical gesture to put your, um, your sit back and uh, allows you to have a better overview of the whole, whole thing. So you may make the decision, which if you make a wrong decision costs uh, lives and maybe, um, maybe lots of money lost. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. C-Suite Radio. And, 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 you know, that said, the book is, I mentioned earlier, very user-friendly because in this analogy of, you know, being a better pilot, a better captain in life, 
and at work, um, you know, you talk about communicating unequivocally, leading responsibly, controlling consistently through all of these aviation analogies. There was something I wanted to ask you, Emil, because in real life, everyday people, we, there's a lot of misunderstandings, miscommunications, but as a pilot, you can't afford to have a misunderstanding or, or a miscommunication. So, so how do you, what, tell us about your experience navigating that in the cockpit and then how, how we can use those lessons to, to avoid misunderstandings in, in real life outside of the cockpit. So when I'm telling to my pilots, when, when I told them years ago that the pilots are experts, uh, communicators, they look at me very surprised, all of them, wow, how? Because we are in an environment, it's a dark environment, we are not looking to each other. So it's impossible to validate the, um, the message, uh, judging uh, your colleague, uh, body language or micro gestures. So you have headsets over your ears and the communications uh, sometimes is not very clear. You have communication with the ground, you have intercom, you have a cabin uh, maybe speaking at the same time. So imagine to send a message, um, you have to send it in, in a way of course, we have standard calls, but it's impossible to have a standard call for each situation. So we develop this, uh, it's a skill. It's a skill because communication should be direct. The communication should be honest. It come to the uh, proper time or the right time because too much talking sometimes is, uh, uh, can go wrong. So we have for, uh, for different stages of the flight, we have, uh, uh, of course, standard calls. But you can find yourself in a situation in the aircraft flying with 850 kilometers per hour at 12,000 meters above the ground that you have to, um, to come up with a, just a, a phrase to tell your colleague about uh, what's going wrong, what, what is going wrong, so he can be there to help you. So um, this is my opinion that the pilots are excellent communicators because they train this uh, attitude that they they come to a, a proficient level of communication by, by training by everyday flight by checking them in the simulator yeah one thing one thing uh, if if i'm if i may one thing you notice in all the communication in air in uh, in the cabin is that there's always a feedback uh, you know in real life when we say uh, talk to you tomorrow uh, afternoon uh, the other person says okay fine or talk to you at four the other person yeah fine uh, but in air, in aviation, it never happens like this. It say, talk to you tomorrow at four. Okay, tomorrow at four it is. So there's a repeat of the message because if somehow somebody understood a different message, we can clarify it now rather than prevent a situation where tomorrow someone is in the call, someone is not because uh, we were not paying attention. And um, the captain and the co-pilot are always exchanging messages and it's a, it's a complete communication. Each uh, message that is being sent has a response. If there's no response, there's a procedure for that. The assumption is, hey, if the co-pilot co is incapacitated and then we, we, might, we might stop the takeoff or we might take some other measures, but we're looking for a response. It's never, yeah, sure, yeah. Or if it's landing gear down, the co-pilot never says, uh, okay, uh, because okay, what can okay mean? It, it could mean that yes, I've heard you, but I've not done it yet. Or it could mean yes, I've heard you. I try to do it, uh, or it's done, or what is it? So it's never just okay, yeah, see you. And in business and in life, there's a lot of that, and because of that, there's a lot of misunderstanding, and sometimes uh, that that's painful. Less is more. 
um, yeah. as, as Emil was saying. Finally, you know, we're out of time, but my final question is for Octavian. What is the highlight for you in creating this book? What, what did you learn from Emil that you've now applied to your life, um, you know, using an aviation analogy? Is it about better communication or is it something else? Well, uh, I've, I've learned a lot in the research that went into uh, writing the book and into the uh, email exchanges and phone exchanges and meetings. I learned a lot about communication, but if it was to, sum if it was to summarize it, it's about leadership. It, it, it's about being a better professional, no matter what profession uh, you are in. Uh, think about the fact, for instance, that a captain is flying with a different crew every day, right? There's a different co-pilot a day, different cabin crew, and they might, in a, in a large company, they might not fly again with the same co-pilot for another year or so. So, But they still need to perform. They still need to deliver the 200 people, 400 people, and everything else uh, uh, to, the, to the destination. So uh, it's a lot about many things, but if, uh, if we were to summarize it, it's about how can you uh, have more impact in the way you lead your projects, your teams, no matter how big or small they may be. That's really it uh, in a nutshell, but it's so unique. It's such a unique spin and you, a unique take on leadership um, via a, a dark cockpit. So I want to thank you. It's fascinating. It's unique. And, um, you know, it's not often you get you get to learn life lessons from, um, you know, an airline captain. So uh, thank you for joining us from Romania. Thank you for uh, writing the book. And um, we look forward to the next one. Thank you for, for the invitation and uh, we'll be in touch. <laughs> Thank you. See you in the States. Yes, roger that. <laughs> and if you'd like more information on the book, just check out our website. It's csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterville. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV via Zoom. Like what you just heard, visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>